The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, live for some of you, tape delay for some of you, but it's just glorious any way you look at it. This is the Knapsack Files in session episode one. Here we are. We're going to see how this goes. What is this? I'll tell you what this is. It's me all by myself in Burbank, but I got people watching live right now while I record this on a private, unlisted YouTube video, which sounds really, really uh, secret, like FBI agents are involved, CIA agents, maybe just Mulder and Scully, but no, something we're doing through my Patreon page, patreon.com slash catnapsack. Supporters at tier five or higher get access to this link, and sometimes uh, once a month it's going to be me. Other times it could be special guests like Dutch Allen and some new things down the line. So we have a lot of people watching right now, so if you hear me refer to them, Names like Zach Anderson and Old Handsaw, Tamor, DJ Snacks, Chad Benefield. Sounds like a quarterback. Chad Benefield down over the middle, 35 yards. Touchdown. Jonas Bergen is here. Tim Van Ulen. Other names coming out. Will's here as well. A lot of uh, uh, good people checking in here today. But you might be listening to this later on as an audio podcast on the Knapsack Files podcast feed, which is currently housed on Anchor at the Napsack Files. Just search it there and you get a lot of things like, well, this show, the interviews and uh, Motivations with Ken, the podcast, Dutch Allen in uh, his show Inside Tinseltown and more things coming, including a show called The Mysteries of the Unexplained. More on that later. So I've been traveling a lot. It's good to be back home. Good to be in my own bed, but I do love traveling. I was up in Seattle and I love the art of Getting to know a new town. I'd been in Seattle in 1989. There's nothing I really remember about that trip other than a trip to the Kingdom, which is no longer there, to see the Royals and the Mariners. I've talked about that a lot on the afternoons with Josh and Ken. The the glorious uh, Bo Jackson home run I saw, and that was my only real memory. So I got to go there as part of the Mark Ellis and Friends comedy tour um, that me and Josh McCougar are fortunate enough to be a part of and opening up for Mark Ellis uh, uh, doing comedy. We did it at the Columbia uh, City Theater, which was an interesting venue. Uh, that was, uh, um, <laughs> I was backstage. I wish I could share a pe- picture. I might share this on my Patreon page for the listeners. I was backstage getting ready for the show. And uh, actually, you know what? I, I'll bring I'll bring this up here. And uh, I was just going through. It's, it's a theater. It wasn't like a straight stand up comedy venue, you know. Uh, so they do a lot of different things there. And I think they have a burlesque show. And I think that's where this comes from. I think that's what was going on. Um, but I'm, you know, before the show, I don't get nervous. I said, you know, there's some nervous energy there. But you know, you just kind of run through the show. And I saw a box on a high shelf that just said, uh, I'm trying to get this here for the, those listening, it just said chains, whips, and BDSM. Hey, it just was up there on the top shelf for everyone to see. I'm like, where are we performing comedy? But we had a good show, a lot of people coming on out. want to shout out to uh, uh, Patreon supporter Kyle Gerbrandt, who was there in the front row having a lot of fun. And uh, we also got to uh, meet a guy named Nelson, who's been, uh, Josh and I, uh, he's, he's battling uh, and has been battling uh, colon cancer, but he's kicking its, uh, kicking its ass 
pun intended, actually, um, and fighting. And we were really touched by his words and his uh, courage. And that was a lot of fun. So that was uh, it was good to get out. But I got that. I got I got out there and explored Seattle. And I got up there so excited. And I don't know if you all do this, if you get into a new town or a town you haven't been into a while, uh, and, you, and you wake up early, and I zipped up a hoodie because it was 42 degrees, and I hit the town, like, all just excited, happy to be there. And I forgot that Seattle, and I said this live on stage, Seattle is kind of built on the side of a rhombus. And so I went down to the water, Elliott Bay, had a great time, saw the first ever Starbucks. You know, it's kind of moved uh, they, it's kind of cheated to history. Like, here's Yankee Stadium. It's just four blocks away from where it used to be in history. But I went to the first Starbucks and where they throw fish, and Josh and I and Mark went the next day as well. But that first day, I was so excited and had my coffee. It was like a religious experience. We talked about it a little bit on the afternoons with Josh and Ken, but then uh, I realized I had to walk back up, and it just killed me, and I think it killed me for the rest of the ch- trip. I never caught up. I, I was tired the entire time. Uh, and I feel bad because uh, I, I wanted to take a nap on stage, quite frankly. But it was a lot of fun. More dates coming. More dates coming. That is on the way. Uh, I, I think I, I'll wait for Mark Ellis to announce those. MarkEllisLive.com is the place to go. All right. Uh, what we're also going to be doing here. Oh, I, I guess I shouldn't uh, I shouldn't bury the lead. Well, is it a lead? I feel weird about being a, uh, being a, it being the lead. But um while I was up in Seattle, which at the time you're listening to this later on in the podcast feed or watching the YouTube video later, uh, I did release uh, the information officially, finally, that my book, Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments That Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away, is out there. It is available for pre-order. It secretly had already been. I just hadn't announced it. Uh, I was waiting for the elements from uh, uh, my marketing team over at Mango Publishing, and it is out there, and I cannot thank uh, I can't thank you all enough for the the support, the love, the spreading of the word. It's very important. I am an independent author. Now that's that's what the key thing is. Um, I, I this is for Mango Publishing, so this isn't self publishing. This isn't uh, that indie, and that's still something I'm interested in doing with some other projects. I think that's really fun to just kind of take things into your own hands. But this is official. This is for Mango Publishing. They're handling a lot of things, but a lot of it is on me as an independent author, and i got to get the word out, some uh, book signings, live events, all those fun things, um, but it all kind of falls back on me. So what that means is it really means a lot if you're listening and you're not just uh, pre-ordering or getting the book or planning to get the book. You don't have to. You don't have to love Star Wars. That's just me. Um, But spreading the word, it means a lot. So... Uh, I, I really appreciate that. So that is available on Amazon. Just search my name, Ken Absock. It pops up. That is me. Um, and self, self-promotion self is something I'm not good at, something I've never been good at. That's why I love Sir Jorah Mormont. He he doesn't self-promote. He self-demotes. Um, that's me. But we're, we're not going to do that with this. Uh, I, I, this is a big investment of time and energy and uh, a dream come true, but it's only step one. So you'll be hearing uh, me talk about it a lot here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed and other places, please, please don't hold it against me. All right, we're checking in with the chat room here on the live uh, recording here. I think everything's going okay. Uh, this is uh, so far a lot of fun. I am paying uh, uh, paying attention. Jonas Bergensen, he saw the book on a Swedish book web store. That's great. I love that. DJ Snacks is saying, I hope Phoenix is on that book signing list. You know what? Me, Josh, and Mark are talking about making uh, Arizona, specifically Phoenix, uh, Tempe, Scottsdale, 
maybe Goodyear, but that area, like a yearly trip, like an annual uh, Ellis and Friends convention. I don't know. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. So uh, it was a, it was a lot of fun out there. Zach is saying two million copies. Jeez. Geez, if I sold 2 million copies, I'd buy T-shirts for all of you. All right, so what we're going to be doing here on TNF Live, we're going to do a lot of things over the course of uh, the show. It will evolve, um, and we'll have a lot of fun. But I, I wanted to take questions, and we do the show TNF, uh, TNF Hotline, which is voice calls, and I love doing that show, and we're still going to do that. I love taking your questions. It's a, it's a good thought starter for me. Uh, you guys take me to areas of conversations and topics that I, I wouldn't normally have with my guests, which is a different form of a podcast, of course, but also this is just me in a room. So uh, I wanted to take uh, uh, from my Patreon supporters at Tier 4 um, some written questions. I do this every month. It's a private Q&A. I usually write, uh, you know, write back to them. Uh, but I wanted to make it the basis of this show. So if you're already out there watching, we're going to dive in with some questions. And this is one I have received ref- before, um, but I wanted to really go into it and really talk about it because I want to. I want this to be kind of the uh, official official answer here because I get this question a lot, and it's a fair question. And um, <laughs> DJ Snacks in the chat room is saying. Ellis and Friends Conference in Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Scottsdale. Uh, I think he I think he has a preference there. First question of the day comes from Zach Edwards. And Zach says this. It's so funny. I'm a big baseball fan. This is not part of the question. Uh, I'm a big baseball fan, and I don't talk about it uh, a lot, but this show and the TNF hotline seems to be. Andy from Dallas always calls in with a great baseball question, and I love talking about it here. So uh, you might not be a sports fan. You might not be a baseball fan. doesn't matter. I'm going to answer this question. Zach writes, uh, Ken, as a huge baseball fan myself, I've always wondered, how did you become such a big fan of the New York Yankees since you were born and raised in California, like myself? Way to go, Zach. Um, and you have ties to Southern and Central California. I would expect you to be a fan of the Giants athletics dodgers or the best option the angels which it sounds like zach is an angel fan so what led uh, me to root for the evil empire of the major league uh, baseball uh, organization um i wasn't a huge sports fan growing up uh he was around i remember watching some baseball love watching the olympics with my my father that was the thing we really enjoyed doing that but the yankees came into play when i was a i want to say fourth grade I signed up to play for a lunch league softball league, uh, I should say, um, at my elementary school, Margaret Hall Elementary in Arroyo Grande, California. So you just got randomly put on teams. I don't know why I did it. I just was like compelled to try to play a little more sport. So I signed up and uh, the I got assigned to the Yankees. They just had major league teams. Those are the names. You know, it was like eight teams. We played during lunch. Um, this would be fourth grade. What age, what age group is that? Fourth grade is, uh, nine range, nine, 10 range. So I wasn't a huge baseball fan, but I started playing. So, uh, I, I wasn't good. Wasn't good at all. They would put me way out in left field. And, uh, but I, I liked it. I liked the camaraderie. I liked the spirit of it. And, you know, here I am the Yankees. I could have been put on the white Sox, the athletics, uh, the Royals, the Brewers, Zach Anderson's favorite team in our chat session right here. But I was put on the Yankees. And so what happens? You just start kind of, all right, I guess I'm a Yankee now. Uh, I thought I was a, a major league, lunch league softball player. So I started buying baseball cards. And my friends were collecting those. We were collecting Garbage Pail Kids. Shout out to all my Garbage Pail Kid fans and collectors. 
Uh, and I started buying baseball cards. Must be around, what, uh, 84, 85 tops range. And I remember buying a lot of 1986 tops baseball cards a little bit later on. There were 87 tops for those real good baseball card collectors, the one with the wood grain around it. That was the first year where I was all in, where I was a baseball fan and I knew it, all that kind of stuff. 87 tops. But 84, 85, 86 tops, I was playing on the softball team era, you know? So I just started looking. I'd get Yankees in packs. I'd get a Dan Pasqua, a Ron Guidry, a Mike Paglarulio, a Wayne Tollison, a Bobby Meacham, and yes, Donnie Baseball, my all-time favorite Yankee, though Gary Carter of the New York Mets is my all-time favorite player, the late Gary Carter, unfortunately. So I just started to go with that, started to go there. That's what I did. There was no science to it. And yeah, I grew up three and a half hours south of San Francisco and about three hours north of Los Angeles. So I was surrounded by Dodger fans, giant fans, more than angels in athletics. I guess people didn't like the American League where I was. Um, And I just, I didn't go for it. I didn't go for it. I was a Yankee fan. And I didn't go to New York until 2015. I never, I've never actually seen the Yankees play in New York, but every year they, uh, after I moved to LA in 1998, almost every year for about 10 to, we'll say 12 years, did not miss a Yankee trip, uh, road trip to Anaheim. First time I ever saw them play was in 1989. Uh, uh, that was uh, Claude L. Washington, I think, hit a home run for the Yankees back then. Uh, Rick Cerrone was catching. Uh, but I, I didn't miss. I'd get tickets. I'd bring all my friends. We'd go to Anaheim, which is a, a great stadium. Anaheim is a wonderful stadium. And then when they interleague play kind of hit, hit uh, I, I've been to the, some real big Yankee-Dodger games at Dodger Stadium. So I've definitely seen the Yankees play. Just never have seen them play in New York. I do aim to correct that now that I've uh, been to New York a few times, and I love that city, NYC. Of course, Tamor out there in the chat room, he's representing New York for us there as well. So that's how we became a Yankee fan. The Miami Dolphins' uh, uh, love in my life kind of came about in the same way. That's a different story, though. It wasn't us there. So that is the one. I'll try. I, I don't think I'll answer that question again because I've answered it before, and I'm probably boring some people, but that's the answer. All right, now we're going to go to a subject close to... All of our hearts. But if you follow me along, especially on Twitch, this is something that really, uh, really comes up a lot. And that's that's food and sweet treats and all those kind of things. So we got a couple questions back to back. This is from Jason Humphreys, the hump, I believe, still in the chat room. Jason, you there? Check in, sign in, give us a wave. Jason Humphreys, the hump, as he loves to be called. Well, I don't know if he loves to be called that. I just called him that. I think that's his Twitter handle. And, and we're rolling with that. The hump. Jason says uh, a subject close to my heart. Chocolate. Are you a chocoholic? Are you a light or dark chocolate fan? Are there any chocolate treats you can't get enough of? Oh, Jason is checking in in the chat here. Let me tell you something, Jason. I don't know if I'll call, I, I wouldn't call myself a chocoholic. I am a treat-aholic. Oh, I love sweet treats. And I do, I don't want to say blame my mother. I think she takes some of the blame. But when I was uh, in utero, I think she, with, with sister as well, she ate a lot of pies, a lot of that kind of stuff. You know, the pregnancy cravings, all those kind of things. I remember hearing those kind of stories. So I think I came out of the womb ready for treats. Look, I love a good cheeseburger. I love some fries. I had that last night. Bad meal, trying to be better. I love good fish and chips, all right? There's a lot of things. I, like, I love tartar sauce. There's a lot of things that I crave. I love a good salad, believe it or not. And I love bread rolls. Who doesn't love that? But the thing I seem to not be able to turn down is sweet treats. I call them treatsies. 
because I sound like I'm a dog or I'm talking to a dog, I should say, constantly. So, uh, I, But I'm not specifically a chocoholic. I do like chocolate. But I don't like dark chocolate or a.k.a. the real chocolate, right? That's how uh, chocolate, chocolate in its natural form. It's chocolate naked. I don't like that. I don't like that. I like the milk chocolate, the fake stuff, all right? Pour, you just pour gallons of milk into my chocolate. Like, you think you have enough? Keep going. A Hershey bar, all that kind of stuff. Snickers. I'm, I used to like nougat more. Who doesn't like nougat? But the nougat, we, the older I got, the more it hurt my teeth. And I got a, a lot of milk chocolate fans, it would seem to be in the chat room, like uh, Chad and uh, uh, Alice, but then I got some dark chocolate fans, DJ Snacks. I mean, Snacks would know. Um, and Tamor, Tim's checking in with the uh, white chocolate. Uh, and then we got some, some conversations about the Cadbury, uh, Cadbury stuff there. Chad uh, Benefield in the chat room likes uh, Three Musketeers. Uh, I like that. I like that. Uh, I do like Three Musketeers. But the chewy stuff, over, over after enough dental visits, you start turning away from the chewy stuff. Uh, my favorite, I do like a good old classic M&M, and I do like the altered M&Ms, the mutant M&Ms. When M&Ms uh, came out with their mint chocolate M&M, and I, at first it was regional. I think we were part of the test market here in SoCal, and I freaked out. I mean, it was like a celebrity sighting. It's like, you know, I'm a Beatles fan, and it was like Ringo Starr walked in going, peace and love, peace and love, but it was mint M&M's. I freaked out. I was like a, I was like a 13-year-old girl screaming at Shea Stadium when the Beatles were trying to play. I just, I lost it. I lost it. And I remember I bought like six packs at this little uh, convenience store on the property of the mall I used to work on. Uh, I cleaned them out. Uh, so I love those. But I, I, and I like Nestle Crunch. Uh, Watch McCollin, we got a call for, we were talking about that recently on the afternoons of Josh and Cam with special guest Mark Ellis. But I got to tell you, the one that I have trouble just completely turning away from, I could be full. I could be full. And I'm seeing it mentioned here in the chat room. Tamor, Chad checking in. And I, uh, I love Reese's, Reese's Pieces. And I don't, don't call it Reese's. Let's settle this right now. It's not Reese's Pieces. It's Reese's Pieces. I don't care if it rhymes or not. Reese's Pieces. Yeah, that's neat. It rhymes. That's not what it is. This isn't a poem. It's chocolate. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces Peanut Butter Cups combined. Uh, The bars. All of it. I will be heading to dinner. Heading to dinner. And if I need to stop at a a gas station and I pop in for any reason or I'm at, you know, my favorites, 7-Eleven. Doesn't matter. I'm going to pick up a Reese's bar or Reese's peanut butter cups. It's a problem, Jason. It's a problem. So thank you for asking. Chat room. Chat room is, uh, is, is I think, supporting uh, my love of uh, Reese's or is this it? Reese? Reese? DJ Snacks is trying to tell us in the chat room that it's Reese. Reese pieces? That sounds that sounds the worst of the options. But you know what? To be honest with you, I don't care what we call it. I don't care what we call it. Uh, it is uh, it's great. And Tim in the chat room. Uh, Tim's uh, over there in uh, in uh, Norway town, as I call it. Um, they don't have it there. Can we send some to him? We got to figure that out. 
Kyle Harlow checking in the chat room there asking if Ed Sullivan introduced the mint chocolate M&M's. Yes. Over the last few days here, I'm not going to do an Ed Sullivan voice. Not here, not now. All right. Uh, we're doing this live, so you're going to see the behind the scenes if you're watching. And if you're hearing on audio, I'm going to drink from my uh, Game of Thrones tankard here. Mm. Also, what you can't see in the studio is right over there. I might turn on the sound here. Hold on. Okay. Let's see if we can do this here. This is how live we are. Um, Revenge of the Sith is playing in the background on TV. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's not crazy. It's playing on TV. But I have it on. Why? Why not? Why not? All right. Next question. Sticking with food. Rob Clark writes, uh, Ken, I was recently brokenhearted when I found out they no longer make McDonald land cookies. It happened for a very, very long time. My question for you is this. What fast food item no longer available do I miss the most? Oh, man. First of all, yeah, I do enjoy McDonald's cookies. I enjoy Subway cookies, too. I don't get them as much anymore. Um, but uh, that said, the fast food item... It's no longer available that I miss the most. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let's stick with McDonald's. They had, what is that? What is the name of that? And this is why I'm glad I have a live uh, chat room audience here to help me out here. Do you remember the McDonald's item that was like hot on one side and like the cold on the other side? Uh, and you could, you could flip them together. And there was a whole mid-80s marketing campaign. It was like the power of hamburger in your hands. That was my favorite thing. You open it up and it and it's like, you know, they had the big carbon footprint uh, holders there. You open it up and you like, was it the McDLT, Kyle? Kyle's in the, in the chat room saying some McDLT. I think it was. Yeah, that's it. The McDLT. I miss it. I miss it because it especially in the eighties, McDonald's was you know they squish your hamburger together, they wrap it up, and and throw that uh, throw it at you. Uh, oh, shout out to Kai in the chat room. Uh, Kai Thatch is uh, here checking in. He's uh, got a busy day, but he's got to run. Kai, we'll get you next time there. So anyways, um, McDLT, that's my answer. I miss the McDLT. It was groundbreaking at the time, but I don't know if it worked for McDonald's. I don't, I don't know if they stuck around or, or really dug in. Um, so that's my answer there. Next question, we got a question here from Miranda Benningfield. Uh, she asks this. This is kind of a programming question. And I thought about answering this one offline, uh, but uh, we're going to answer it live here. Uh, uh, she says, Ken, is the This Is Life segment ever coming back? Uh, yes and no. No and yes. This Is Life was a show co-starring me and Owen Mugen, my friend, my producer, buddy. Uh, who, uh, we, we decided to do a little podcast. It's going to be here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. We're going to do about one a month. We're going to do some fun stuff. We're going to do some remote location things. And we did a test episode that we shared with you all. And, and the response was pretty positive. Owen's a great guy with a, a calming, soothing voice. And just a, a great, uh, great, just great aura to him. Just emanates coolness and calm. And I love Owen so much. And we had the show planned. And then life kind of got in the way. At the same time, I kind of uh, launched the Afternoons of Josh and Ken with Josh McCuga. We launched that. But to be honest, that wasn't supposed to be a podcast. We had something else we thought we were building with the Afternoons. We thought something was cooking, and it didn't happen. So we just, just decided to keep it a, a podcast. And then got um, that, got, uh, that got its own feed, and the rest is history. Now we're doing shows with Mark Ellis on the road. 
happy for that. But this is life. Uh, uh, it was kind of an alternative. We're, me and Josh are screaming and shouting and, and telling jokes and making stuff up and lying to y'all with our fake shows and our fake advertising sponsors. Uh, Owen and I were just going to have a different approach, a little L.A. history. Owen's a big history buff, all that kind of stuff. And um, uh, I can't really fully tell the story because it's his story to tell, but a unexpected, nearly catastrophic incident and injury occurred with Owen, and it took him out of action for months. Uh, kind of couldn't leave his house for a while, had to uh, get some surgery to repair some things. It, it's, a, it's a scary story, a fascinating story. Um, so that meant, meant we could no longer do that show and, uh, or at least at the time we had to stop it, but now he's back and ready and good to go. But then he got uh, a job that he was trying for. And that kind of has taken him out of, uh, just the ability to, to podcast, uh, with me freely. Uh, I am an unemployed lazy bastard. Um, he is no longer that, and he was never a lazy, uh, never a bastard. Um, but I think we're going to try to do a special uh, This Is Life, maybe quarterly. I'm going to try to talk him into it, and we're going to figure it out. All right? We're going to figure it out. So, Miranda, I appreciate you asking. And if you're listening uh, and you are maybe a newer listener or haven't heard, go back and search This Is Life. We did a couple episodes here on the Napsack Files podcast feed. Speaking of that, Elvis Garcia asked this question, advice on what to do if you're in a job that you don't, Love, but it pays the bills. But wish you had more time to work on uh, your passion and see if you can uh, take it to have that passion take you anywhere. Um, so that's a great question, Elvis. Uh, we all, if if you have pursuits that go outside of your occupation and you want to make uh, your passions your vocation, I believe I'm using that right. My therapist used to use those terms with me because it was always depressing to me. I don't have any solid advice necessarily, but we all, we all got to focus on what's in front of you. You all got to be happy with what's in front of you. Take a big sip of this water, but that's hard sometimes. So a lot of people know I was in a job, uh, for 17 years that I didn't want, didn't like, and I was happy to get out of it, but then I got out of it and that wasn't what I wanted. And a lot of you heard that story. Don't need to remix that. And now, even though I am technically, quote, unemployed or freelance for a lot of the companies that I work for and struggling mightily because of that, I've had more fun than I ever have. But it took me a long time to get there. In fact, it took me 20 years to get to that point. And you can get there too, Elvis. Uh, Don't ever overlook employment, money, capital, and the life and the path in front of you. You could be closing yourself off to something. There are people that I met in that job that I hated. And I always put kind of quotations around that. I did hate it at times. But years later, I look back and go, I, I shouldn't have hated it as much as I did. Because there's people I met at that job that are helping me now. And I couldn't have, couldn't have known. And it's sometimes on big scales. My best friend, my, my brother, Lethal Logan X a.k.a. Paul, he's my brother, supports me uh, uh, emotionally and, and, and spiritually as, as, a, as a brother from another mother, but also at times has supported me financially when I needed help, maybe investments. Um, long, uh, long, uh, long time fans or, or fans of uh, 
Schmo's No World know that uh, years ago, like 11 years or so ago now, coming up on 12, I believe, uh, we shot a pilot, Christian, I should say, not we, Christian Harloff shot a pilot called Grasping at Straws. It was later uh, put on YouTube as a, as a little web series, but it was originally shot as a pilot. And that pilot presentation needed a place to show it, and we did that on the Warner Brothers lot, but we had to put a, a deposit down on it, and, and they had run out of, of the funds. Um, it, it was my friend Paul and uh, his father who gave us the funds to reserve that screening room on the Warner Brothers lot to show it. He never got any credit for it. wasn't asking for credit. But that was a big moment in my career, and it didn't necessarily work out. The showing had picked up. The writer strike happened and, and all these things. But that came out of a job that I didn't like. Even now, the Motivations with Ken podcast has some cool theme music. That comes from an artist named Kojak, and you can find him on YouTube and other places and listen to his music. The link are in the descriptions of my Motivations with Ken videos. He worked with me. He worked for me and with me. We're talking 15 to 16 years ago. And now his music is on my show. I'm helping him. He's helping me. Uh, music, original music can sometimes be hard to get. Hard, uh, music that you like, it can cost you. So Elvis, that job that I didn't like, that job that only paid the bills in my mind is now helping me in ways I could not have conceived. And there's more. And there's more. Also the life lessons, the stories. A lot of people love the the crazy stories that I might tell about my past job. So now that's content. You never know what's helping you right now. You never know. Christian Harloff was on a stairwell waiting to do comedy in room five. And I was hosting the show and I sat down next to him waiting as the other comic performed. And Christian and I started talking about like G.I. Joe. It's like 2004 or five range. How would I know that in... 2012, he and Mark Ellis would ask me to produce their podcast. And that would lead to this, and that would lead to that, and that would lead to this, all to now this point. A lot of you are listening to me and watching me right now because I talked to Christian on a stairwell in 2005 about G.I. Joe. Now, yes, I've done a lot of things on my own, and I like to believe my own abilities got me to where I need to be, but you need breaks and you need opportunities. I remember meeting Mark Ellis in 2003. 2003, I met Mark Ellis at the, at the comedy store, the belly room. He, does, he barely remembers. I barely remember. I just remember seeing him on stage. He wasn't a, he's never been as fat as he claims, but it was fat Ellis days. He had the little Caesar haircut, the big eyes, and his jokes weren't as good. He was still trying to find himself, and I remember thinking, eh, I don't know who this guy is. There's no way I could have known that in 2019 I'd be opening up for him doing comedy on the road. There's no way you know. There's no way you know. All right, so move on there. Elvis, uh, that's a great question there. Uh, Kai Thatch, who was just in the chat room but had to uh, leave, um, Kai says, what, were, what are or were your most favorite pair of shoes ever? I love that we go from something big and deep to this. Um, well, you're, you're in luck, Kai, when you watch this later and listen later, and those watching live in the chat room or later on YouTube here. I not only have that answer, what are or were my uh, most favorite pair of shoes ever, I have them. Good thing uh, you can't smell through these cameras. All right, you see this? You see these shoes? 
if you're listening on audio later, just imagine the worst pair of sad uh, Skecher slip-ons ever. They're falling apart. I still have them. Uh, they got Velcro. Hear that? Uh, I bought these shoes in 2006, spring 2006, at the Fashion Show Mall in Las Vegas on the new strip there. And <laughs> me and my friend Dave, some people might know Dave as A Dave in the Twitch chat. Um, Dave and I were in Vegas for an uh, event. I think actually that was my, yeah, oh, actually that was my 30th birthday. We were out there celebrating my 30th birthday, birthday in Las Vegas. And uh, waking up one day, we went for an early lunch, and we just walking around the mall, and we popped into the Skechers store, and I saw those shoes, and it was love at first sight. I bought those shoes, I don't know, maybe $54 and change in taxes, 2006. It's 2019, I still have them. And occasionally, I put them on. It finally got to the point where I just, I just knew I couldn't wear them regularly anymore. And I tried to replace them. I tried to get other shoes. I tried to make it happen. And... Uh, <laughs> They're just, they're in my soul. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I've since got other shoes. Um, what, it's interesting. I'm wearing some, uh, I'm wearing some uh, Converse shoes, simple, you know, the black and white Converse, and it changed out the laces. Um, those are new to my wardrobe. I started wearing those last year uh, just to kind of change my look at the suggestion of my lady friend. Uh, but I actually have had these shoes since August of 2006, I was in my friend Joel's wedding, and we were all, we had tuxes on and everything, but we had these shoes with pink laces, and it was like my, you know, when you're on, what, what, what do you call when you're on the, when you're on the team of, of someone in the wedding, you're on the, you know, the Kingsguard, I don't know, I uh, wasn't his best man, but I was, I was in the lineup there, that was our gift. Our groom's gift, our groomsman, that's right, the groomsman, right, I prefer Kingsguard. Um, we, uh, we were given those, and I wore them. Now, mind you, I got out. His wedding was on a Saturday evening. And Thursday, that Thursday, so do the math there. On a Saturday evening, two days prior on a Thursday, excuse me, on a Wednesday. Let me get the story right. On a Wednesday, I was admitted to Cedar sinai for uh, emergency gallbladder removal. I'm not saying I'm a hero. I wear no capes. Had my gallbladder removed on a Thursday. And then uh, in the hospital, got out Saturday afternoon. Paul and his brother Jeff and his, and his father Gary picked me up, Cedar sinai in Beverly Hills area, California. Drove me all the way home to Northridge, where I rested for about a half hour, changed into my wedding gear, and went to the wedding, where I had fun and danced all night and had a crazy time. I paid for it. But I did it because I was part of the King's Guard. And on that night, I received those shoes, 2006. I kept them, but I never wore them again until 2018. So these shoes that I'm wearing, I'm wearing them right now. I wish I could put the camera down there. I, I, they've, I've had them just as long. And they're climbing up the charts. So Kai, great question. Oh, you didn't think I could go that long about shoes. Oh, I can. Oh, I can. Chat room's doing good there. They're having fun. They're calling it the the Barret is uh, in the Pakistani culture. Tamor is that what we call it? That's your king's guard. B H A R A T, but pronounced maybe Barat. That's your okay. I like that. That's pretty cool too. Actually, that sounds very official. 
It sounds like they could kill somebody if they need for you. Um, all right, here. Barat. 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 I'm saying it wrong, I'm sure. Um, but I, I need to get my, my Pakistani lessons from Tamor. Need to, need to, we need a little bit more. Uh, all right, a couple more questions left here. Then I'm going to take some live questions from the audience here. As the TNF In Session Episode 1 rolls on, this is a little experiment here. Um, a lot of things coming in uh, uh, later on in the show. This is just the first episode, the pilot episode, if you will. So uh, DJ Snacks, who's in the chat room, he has a question. He, he asks this, where did rock and roll start? Look, it's still rock and roll to me. Rock and roll started in Cleveland, right? Rock and or roll. That's where that's that's where the Cleveland uh, Cleveland has the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's where I'm calling it. Lauren Romo in chat rooms is screaming. She's screaming Detroit. I mean Motown, good good garage bands coming out of Detroit mid two thousands. A lot of good stuff there. We can talk about White Stripes. We can talk about uh, you know uh, a lot of other bands. It's ten years ago. Detroit's got a lot of history. Eminem, yeah, you got Eight Mile. I'm going Cleveland, man. I'm going Cleveland. Is that the wrong answer? Kyle's just asking. Uh, we built the city on rock. He's not even asking. He's just saying we built the city on rock and roll. Good answer. Good stuff. Oh, DJ Snack says there is no wrong answer here on TNF in session, which rolls on with a quick uh, comment from Alice. Alice Wadsworth. Uh, Alice is a uh, you're in there in chat, right? I see you there. She, oh, Alice says every generation thinks they invented rock and roll and sex. That's truth. Um, Alice asks this question or says, hi, you can. How can I keep up everything going on at Star Wars Celebration since I can't go this year and I want to so badly? We are just weeks away from Star Wars Celebration and me and Joseph Scrimshaw are going to be over there representing the Force Center podcast feed. We got a live event. The tickets are sold out. We had a limited amount and holy moly, we didn't think we'd sell out. We sold out already. In fact, we are over capacity. We're going to be squeezing some people in uh, at uh, the Alulu Brewery on Thursday night. Uh, what is that? April 11th uh, when we get to town. We get to town Wednesday night. And then we uh, head to the live show. It's going to be fun. We're going to do some comedy. Some uh, Joseph's going to do some stand-up. And then we're going to do an hour of a live recording of our uh, podcast. be a, a, a special Force Center. We're calling it the Force Center Celebration Special. So uh, it is going to be a, a fire hazard, old handsaw. Um, uh, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Food and drink. So if you're there, I, I hope you can make it. A lot, of, a lot of people couldn't because there's a lot going on at Star Wars Celebration, which is Alice's question. How can you keep up? How can you do it? Well, I'll, I'll let you know how you can do it, Alice. You just uh, follow our, our, our tweets. Follow us at Force Center Pod, at Ken Napsock, at Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landit. Unfortunately, can't make it. She'll be back home, but she'll be running CouchCon. CouchCon isn't a bad thing. Go to StarWars.com, watch any live streams they're doing of the panels, do it from the comfort of your own couch, eating your own snacks that you don't pay high exorbitant prices for. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Uh, we will be doing a Force Center recap as quick as we can upon getting back from Chicago. Uh, we fly back on different days, and I'm going to uh, be coming back Monday, Joseph coming back Sunday as of right now. So we'll see when we get together. The Force Center recap might not be uh, on our normal, um, our normal Tuesday. Uh, Lauren in the chat room says she will be there. All right. That's right. All right. You will be there. 
Chad's all about CouchCon. Old Handsaw uh, is about CouchCon as well. Tim, uh, he's he's a veteran of CouchCon. Uh, pajamas, it's a good way to go. Uh, and Snacks is saying if he eats his own snacks during CouchCon, does that make him a cannibal? Look who's got puns. It's DJ Snacks in the chat room. TNF in session rolls on here with our final question. I've been saving this one. Been saving this one for our final question. Then we're going to take some live questions from the audience. And hell, we might even try. We'll get, this is a pilot. We might experiment with a call. So this is from Tamor Bahuda. Bahuda? Tamor Bada? I'm not going to say it right until Tamor teaches me in person. When Tamor, who is in the chat room listening now, became a patron of uh, the Knapsack Files podcast feed and, and me, Ken Knapsack, he and his brother Abdul, big fans, big fans of the afternoons of Josh and Ken, big fan of my work. He taught me how to say his first name because I, uh, dumb American, couldn't figure it out on my own, and that's fair. I uh, spells his name a T-A-I-M-U-R, and he said, here's how you say it, Tamor. I was like, oh, I got it. I got it. How can I say your last name? B-H-U-T-T-A. I'm going to say butter. Like butter or Jabba the Hutt. Butter. And he was like, well, <laughs> that's not how you say it. I'll teach you sometime. So you know what? When I was in New York, I got to uh, uh, perform some comedy there, and Tamor and Abdul uh, uh, came out there. And I don't recall, I might have been drunk, I don't recall getting taught. I don't get, I, don't, I didn't recall getting taught. They were very nice. I think Tamor bought a round of drinks, or five. But uh, I'm going to wait. He's saying in chat, I'll send a video of how to pronounce my last name. No, in person. All right, video's fine. All right, final question from the pre-selected questions from Tamor, he asks. All right, are you ready? This one's going to get deep. When would you say, I love you, to someone you're in a relationship with that you know you're going to marry one day? Oh, that's a big question. I got to take a, take a drink from my tankard. When do you say, I love you? What does that word mean? What does that word mean to you? And that definition will change, and you got to be aware that it will change. you got to be okay with it changing. I don't have a problem with saying I love you early. Now, I, the biggest problem might be, biggest problem might be, are you sure that you're ready to marry this person? I don't know. I don't know. So I think it's easier to say I love you than it is to say I'm going to marry this person. I don't know. So I don't have the perfect answer. I don't have the exact answer because I don't think it is. But Tamor and to anyone listening, if you're in a relationship and your fires are stoked and your passions are brim, oh, running over the brim. I was trying to say it like a poet there and it didn't work. Don't hesitate. If you feel it, say it. Oh, it's hard. What does the other person think? Is the other person ready? That word means a lot. I say it all the time, though. Love you, brother. I'll say, I saw Jay Washington the other day uh, at the Schmodown shoot. Gave him a big hug. Love you, brother, man. I'll say it all the time. But I love you does mean a lot. It does mean something. 
and it should mean something. So while I think you should take a breath and think about it, because there are, I don't want to say consequences, but with great power comes great responsibility. I think the Joker said that. Um, With the proclamation of love comes great responsibility. The moment you tell someone that and they return that to you, you're pulling them in. You're pulling them in. And they got to trust you. And you got to continue to trust them. And that's hard, too. That's one of the hard things, too. It's not necessarily always about their reaction, which is sometimes difficult to gauge and it makes you nervous. But it's your reaction. You you are now trusting them. I... uh, are you going to be like Bart Simpson on the uh, on the Simpsons when he tells the girl I loves uh, I love you and she's you know she's dating uh, dating one of the bullies and his heart breaks? Are you going to do that? You're giving your love to someone. You're putting it in your hands. And I am a person who who wears his love on this, uh, my sleeve. Um, and I saw in the chat room they're asking right now. They're saying, "Hey, uh, they're saying uh, uh, you know who in my current relationship who said I love you first? I'm not going to give you that answer." I'm not going to give you that answer. Maybe I'll give you that answer on the new podcast coming out uh, with uh, Heather Grace Hancock and Alicia Gaynor called Grace and Alicia Have Lives. Um, it's on there. Uh, it's on Anchor. Search for it. It's going to launch April 1st. Maybe that answer will come there. It's not my answer. Um, but yeah, Chad in the chat room is saying, I love you should be early and often. We live in a tough world. The world has always been tough. Let's not kid ourselves, by the way. The world's never been easy. Um, The world's never been nice. If you feel love, love is the only word we have really to describe it, right? Maybe we have lust, and that's mixed in there a little bit, and that's okay. Be okay with that. But we have this word love. It's hard to explain. It's hard to sometimes believe in. And it's hard to share it. With all those things swirling around, at the end of the day, I say, If you're feeling it, say it. Life's short. So, Tamar, I hope that answers your question. It seems as though you've got your eyes twinkling with love. That's great. People in the chat room are excited for Tamar. We're friends around here, right? Old Hansel says, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Yes, the Beatles and many others. Um... DJ Snack says he's found love again. Well, that's great. He's put a little, put a little, uh, one of those little uh, uh, emojis with the little scrunched up face with the pink cheeks. I love that one. So that's the the answers there. Uh, TNF in session episode one rolls on here. If you're listening here later on in audio, uh, we're going to be taking some questions from the chat room, and we're going to see how this goes. This has been a lot of fun for me so far. I hope it's fun for you out there listening and those watching, staring at my face up close on my webcam. Yeah, that's right. It's a webcam. We're going to work on that. I mean, I'm not in a rush to work on that. I don't care about the tech stuff. I care about just getting some sort of content out there for my uh, uh, community and friends made within that community there. So uh, we're going to go with some live questions right now here. And then maybe, just maybe, I'm going to bring, I'm going to pot it up, as they say in radio. I'm going to, maybe we'll try to take an experiment. We'll try to take a live call from my Google voice number uh, attached to the NAPSAC files. All right. All right. Hey, Abdul's here. Abdul, hey, Tamor's brother Abdul just jumped into the chat room. You missed your brother confessing his love to all of us and other people. 
and someone special. All right, so I'm going to take some questions right now. If you have a question for me live in chat, let's do it. Let's interact live and create the final segment of this show. I, I almost feel I should have uh, some theme music for it there. Yeah, we'll bring some. All right, here we go. Uh, Will is saying, so I'll be in L.A. Burbank Thursday through Sunday. Sounds like you might be out here for the free-for-all in the movie trivia showdown. What's the best place for a late-night snack? There's a lot of great diners around here, Will. Um, I think, though, uh, you should head to... I'll tell you where, tell you where I'll, I would go, Will, if I was you visiting to Los Angeles. I would go to the Sunset Strip. You don't need to go, like, on a Saturday night. That's kind of crazy. Friday night, kind of crazy. Maybe Thursday night when you get to town. Um, head to Sunset Strip and to Mel's Diner. The Mel's Diner. Get the butterscotch milkshake. It's open 24 hours. I was there one night, late night, like 11.30, and Queen Latifah walked in, and she had like just won a Golden Globe or something like that. And her and her entourage were like, hell, we're going to Mel's Diner. You can get that kind of Hollywood, L.A. experience if it's your first time in town or you haven't done it before and you've been visiting here before, and it's always open. And there's a lot of other places. Sunset Strip, it can sometimes be busy, not not intimidating, but it can be the hustle and bustle of it. If you're not familiar with it or used to it, it can be interesting. But I'd go there. A lot of other places in town. There's a place called the NoHo Diner, Tahunga, and uh, Magnolia in North Hollywood. Check that out there, too. Got a lot of history there, too, as well. A lot of places. Um, Next question from The Hump. He says, uh, hey, Ken, are you falling in love with stand-up comedy again? No. You thought the answer would be yes. No. But I do enjoy what I'm doing now. If you've seen some of the shows with me, uh, Josh McGuga open up for Mark Ellis, I don't necessarily call what we do stand-up comedy. We're emceeing the event, which I used to do for years. I used to host. I was mostly known as a host in Los Angeles, which is different than just straight stand-up doing a set. So I'm having fun doing that. And I'm not putting the pressure on myself to do completely written, prepared uh, bits. Um, maybe I will. Mark Ellis wants me to. He's encouraging me to, and I, I probably will. Some stuff's coming to mind. I've been in, a, in grocery stores and been like, oh, that'd be really funny. We'll try that. I was in a Staples the other day. I was like, oh, this is funny. So we might do that, but I'm not falling in love with stand-up comedy. I'm falling in love with being in front of a live audience doing some crazy shenanigans with Josh McCuga. That's been a lot of fun. Uh, Zach Anderson asks this. He lives out in Wisconsin. All right. Zach, uh, Zach asks this question. Can I maybe getting way ahead of myself, but when do I take the leap and move away from home to pursue stand-up comedy in LA? All right. Great question, Zach. Uh, don't rush. Do not rush. Um, stand-up comedy is not going to get you money and it's not going to get you money for a long time. Eventually it will. Eventually it can, but it's not going to get you money right away. You're just starting. I know Zach, uh, he has uh, been doing uh, some uh, open mics and some book shows in his uh, home state of Wisconsin. Master that first. Do that for two or three years. Mark Ellis did that. Harloff did that. Joseph Scrimshaw did it for years in Minnesota before he took the plunge, but he also came out to be more of a writer and not really for stand-up. A lot of people that I know that moved here, um... Just for stand-up, it's a hard road, and you should know it's a hard road and be okay with it being a hard road because the journey is the joy, the journey is the fun, the journey is the purpose. 
don't come out until you are ready. Have a couple months financially, uh, you know, saved, uh, a couple months finances saved, I should say, uh, and be careful. Stand-up's not great out here. A lot of people come out here after they've established themselves in other places. Consider that. We'll talk more about that later. Um, Lauren Romo. Lauren works with the the Star Wars fan group. I know they changed their name, so I wanted the last Star Wars fan group. I think that's what it is. It used to be the Collider Jedi Council fan group. They've done some great changes over there, and they spread a lot of uh, good word on Star Wars and Force Center. Um, Lauren says this, any good advice and tips for first time con goers celebration? My first one looking for some info. Wow. Star Wars celebration in Chicago is your first convention. Lauren, get ready. Get ready. That is not an easy first task, an easy first convention. Uh, you gotta, you gotta pace yourself. You're not going to get to see everything you want to see. You're not going to get into every panel. If you decide to go into some of the bigger panels, you'll be waiting overnight, sleeping on a concrete floor with strangers in a steerage class Titanic situation. Do you want that? Is that what you want from your experience? Panels are great. Panels are fun. Panels aren't everything. I'm actually not a huge fan of panels, of the large ones. I get to go, and I'm fortunate. I don't have to wait in line. I get to be escorted in. That's great. It's great for me. I've also been working in this business for a long time. So I'll say for one of the only times I speak pretty strongly, I'm okay with getting to go past the lines in that situation. You won't be, though. You'll be a fan who has a badge that you paid for, and you will be asked to wait And it will be hours, if not sometimes days. I don't know sometimes if that's worth it. But sometimes it very much is. If you had waited for hours, if not days, and gotten to that panel where they did the Carrie Fisher tribute and John Williams played, that's a a memory of a lifetime. And it would be worth every second you spent on that concrete, every second that you uh, were out there in the cold. Or they might bring you in. So be careful of that. You got to pace yourself when it comes to that. And there's a lot to get to. Give yourself time. And also, slow down and enjoy it. You're going to meet a lot of people. You're going to, Star Wars Celebration is the best convention because you're surrounded by like-minded fans of one particular form of entertainment or one particular genre or one particular franchise. And it's the best one, but it's big. It's overwhelming. It's a little daunting. Give yourself time. All right. We're going to take this question here from DJ Snacks. DJ Snack says, what is there, my favorite moment of traveling and doing the shows with Josh and Ellis? Uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's the stuff that's not on stage. It's the stuff. It's, it's a good chance for us. The reason we're doing it more than anything, it's, it's us as friends getting to go have some fun. We don't often get to work with our friends, and sometimes when it does, it doesn't work out. This is a different situation. Uh, the road can be lonely, and Mark Ellis has been opening for John Caparulo for a long time. Having a great time with him, but uh, often the time... Um, uh, you know, um, Ellis often is alone. And so he has opportunity as he becomes a headliner and gets to do his own shows to bring people that he loves and respects and wants to work with. I don't know why he's brought Josh and I, but we are there. So the, a lot of the moments are the fun little moments. In Seattle, we got to, uh, after the show, we went out to an arcade bar with our friend Darina and our friend Claudia and another friend of theirs. And we just had fun playing pinball and old arcade games, drinking, and Josh got a supersized pizza. And we might talk about it a little bit more in the afternoon, so I don't want to step on that story, but those are the memories. 
but it's also the memories of, of getting off stage and knowing you put on a show with your friends and connecting with the people who you only know their names through chat rooms or comments or tweets. And to see all of you out there face to face, that's always a lot of fun. Arizona was fun because we also used it as a vacation. We gave ourselves an extra day and we went out and we had fun at Topgolf. That's not something we're going to do with every trip that we are fortunate enough to go on. And we're not going on everyone with Mark Ellis. He's doing a lot by, his own, uh, by himself. He just, he just can't afford to do it. Headliners have to take care of a lot of that cost. It's the, it's the weird underside of the business. I've, I'm publishing a book or having a book published with Mango Publishing. That's great. Uh, the spotlight glory side looks wonderful. I got a cover on Amazon. The underneath side is a lot of it falls on me to have to try to get it to be a successful book. Um, Ellis is a headliner. He's a headliner. He's on the marquee. He's got his face on the posters. He has to do a lot of work and pay for a lot of things to make it happen, like Josh and I and all that kind of stuff. And he's very gracious. Not all headliners are. So uh, there's a lot of work to it. So the reward sometimes is seeing uh, you all out there pressing the flesh, getting to hang out for a bit after the show. It's always fun. Um, so, uh, let's, uh, uh, let's take a couple more here. Then we'll try to take a call here. Uh, I'm going through some of these questions. Um, we got Chad asking, how can we get the video of the Seattle show? I don't know if it's going to be released. That actually was something that was done internally. It was a test for Ellis's, uh, special taping in Chicago. So I don't know. We might get some clips. We'll let you know. Stay tuned for that. Tim Van Newland asked, this weekend was a great sports weekend for my team. Our rivals lost, and we're now five points ahead of the league title in our uh, grasp. Um, What is uh, one of the most memorable sports weekends of all time? There was a time, it was over the course of a couple days, in 2000? 2000, yes, 2000, I think it was, or maybe it was 2001, where the Yankees, the New York Yankees, were in the playoffs against the A's, and they were down two games to none in the division series, and they came back and won. It was the year of the Jeter uh, diving into the crowd and and breaking his face to catch a ball, and then uh, the Dolphins played on Monday night and had a big win. Uh, That I kind of remember as being one of my favorites. The 1996 Yankees World Series victory was one of those uh, really important to me as a fan, as a growing up as a Yankee fan, and they they weren't winning a lot when I was rooting for them. That was the first one. Uh, Charlie Hayes squeezes that foul pop from Mark Lemke on the third base side, and tears came down my face. Uh, I'm not as passionate about sports now, but that was one that I remember. So good job, Tim, and your team. Good weekend for you. All right. We got a couple questions left here. Uh, old Handsaw is referencing the hotel bathrobes that Josh and I, we posed for a picture. Mark Ellis took a picture of us in the same bed uh, doing, uh, doing, I was actually working uh, and uh, Josh uh, was taking a nap before our show and we were in bathrobes. And yeah, it was cool. And that was a, that was a fun memory. <laughs> uh, we got here. Um, uh, we've got this question. Final one I'm going to take from the chat room. All right, final one from the chat room because uh, the show's uh, gone even longer than I planned. Zach Anderson asks again, gun to head, which is it, Pizza Hut or Domino's? I used to say Pizza Hut. I used to say Pizza Hut. Now I'm going to say Domino's. Domino's, you got to give them credit. They changed a lot of things. They really, really stepped up. They really stepped up. And there's like a feta cheese and spinach pizza and also like a, a bread order, like a side, like an appetizer they got. And it's one of my, I, cra- I might even have it tonight. 
supposed to be healthy, but uh, I'm feeling a little under the weather, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to work out tonight. So, hell, have some pizza, right? Right? That's what I might do. That's what I might do. A lot of people back in Domino's. Will McClain says Domino's easy. Zach Anderson, 100% Domino's. Pizza Hut used to be, I'll tell you what, Tamor's back in my love for that feta cheese and spinach. Uh, Jason, the hump, though, he's going Pizza Hut, which is maybe a little different over in the UK. I don't know. Um, I don't like Papa John's. Uh, just the pizza. It's always been a wet napkin of pizza for me. But um, uh, Pizza Hut growing up was my favorite. But then I, to me, there was something. And then, and uh, the the breadsticks are right. Lauren uh, Lauren Romo saying Pizza Hut. And she's uh, reminding me, too, that it is the um, Star Wars, the last fan group on Facebook. If you want to join, Chad and uh, Lauren uh, help run that. Yeah, the pizza breadsticks are still good. But the dough, I'll tell you, the dough got too much. Stay in your lane. I want pizza. Uh, I'll go with the light crust sometimes, the thin crust, but I like a good thick crust pizza. But Pizza Hut just started, they like started stuffing pizza inside their crusts of pizza. It's pizza inception, pizzaception, and it was too much. And then they started getting the, the, the dough. It was just too, it just, it, I just can't do it. Domino's. They know that they knew they had a problem. I also grew up remembering the Noid. Avoid the Noid. That's great marketing. It was a great video game too. I think for the sake of Genesis, um, that that sticks with me. Dominoes. They they recognized a mistake. They knew they had a problem. That's what we want in life. Someone's got a problem. You work on the problem. I saw something today like an apology is meaningless without change. Dominoes apologized publicly with an ad campaign. We've done messed up. And then they changed. And I give them credit for that. Yes, Domino's is my answer there. A lot of people in the chat room uh, debating this now, which is great. I love all these serious things in the world, but we really do take our pizza uh, uh, seriously. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's a mention in the chat room of Mellow Mushroom, which uh, Josh, uh, you know, Josh, uh, Ellis and I in uh, Tempe, Arizona, went to that Mellow Mushroom. And that might be the best memory of our being on the road with Ellis is that Mellow Mushroom pizza. So good. We went back. Uh, Kyle Harlow's also reminded me that the 7-Up Spot had his own video game too, and I played that as well. What an era where you could play video games of corporate sponsor logos. That's the best. Um, corporate advertising logos, I should say. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to wrap up the show. This has been a lot of fun. I'm going to try to a crazy experiment, and I, and I don't know who's going to get through here. We're going to take a, a mystery call. If you're live in the chat room and you want to uh, call and have the ability to call, uh, the Google Voice number that I have, a lot of people use it for the TNF hotline, so we're not necessarily going to take away from that show. Those are pre-selected uh, audio clips. You can call 747-236-1485 and see if you talk to me live. It might not work. Be honest, it might not work. The Roadcaster Pro from Road Mics uh, is working really good, so I, I, I have uh, the ability. Oh, oh, we got one coming in. Got a lot coming in. Here we go. Here we go. All right. We got it. All right. You're live on the air with me. Who, who, which, who got through? Good afternoon, Knapsack <laughs> Files fans. You have DJ Snacks live from Arizona. I got to imagine, Snacks, that you were waiting with this phone number, uh, right, just ready to call uh, just on, on speed dial. Yes, sir. I had it opened up and ready to go and waiting for you to say go. Well, that's just good preparation, and I think you should be rewarded for that. And I, and I think it's uh, I think it's I think it's great. 
So, DJ Snacks, you're my first live phone call here on the TNF In Session. Uh, we're, we're on YouTube. We are broadcasting live to a select group of audience members. Um, but and other people, some people, everyone's very happy for you. But like Sir Thomas Atal is like, hey, we called and didn't get in. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll do it again. But Snacks, you have the floor. What is your question, sir? First of all, thank you, sir, for taking my call. Uh, I also want to reiterate again, it was a pleasure to meet you and Josh and Mark uh, when you came here. Pleasure to meet you. Thank you for the shots. Yes, it was a fantastic night all around. Um, My biggest question at this point is, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You just wanted to get through. You just wanted wanted to put on your resume that you were the first to get through. Okay, okay. I got one for you. Okay. I know the book has been kept, has kept you busy for a long time. Yep. And you've mentioned it before that uh, you always try to mention my radio station, Temporal Radio. Right. I do appreciate that. Thank you very much. Right. Are we going to get maybe a live to tape Ken Knapsack show that we can broadcast on the station? On your on your radio station, Temporal Radio, you're saying are we going to get a Ken Knapsack Kazak Radio show? Tell you what, snacks. I'll commit to this in front of a live audience and those listening later on. You're going to at least get. One show soon. Going forward, I'd love to do more. We'll see what we can do. We'll see what my schedule allows. But I'm going to commit to you right here publicly at least one episode on your radio station. How do you How do you like that? Fair enough, Ken. Thank you. As I said, <laughs> I know you've been a busy man, but I do appreciate you committing to that. Uh, we're going to do it. I got a lot of gigs on the road coming up soon, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But I love that idea, getting back uh, into that radio water uh, slowly. Maybe I'll get my swim trunks on, but we're going to do that. So that's there. You heard it all publicly. You heard it all publicly. I can't back off of that, Snacks, right? No, sir. You said it publicly. It's on you now. <laughs> it is on me. All right. All right. So uh, we're going to do this again. I'm going to hang up on Snacks. This is so, so much fun. We're going to do it again. If you got the ability to call me at 747-236-1485, you can get in live right now. I got the cameras rolling, the audio rolling. Let's see who gets in. Um, Got it up here. I'm ready. I hear that sound. Someone's furiously typing on their phone. Maybe they're just redialing. You got to, if you're calling from international waters or pirate waters, you got to probably press a lot of ones and pluses and eights. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, we're going to, we're going to see who gets through. It's like, uh, probably all the phone lines are jamming at once and snacks is taking a great victory tour for his great call. Um, Chad saying there was too much static. There was static. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're working that out. We're working that out. Show hype indeed. Um, is anyone else? No. Is this is this a fail live on air? Oh no, we got one. We got one. All right, we got another call in. They got through. Who do we have here live on TNF in session? Oh, it would be Sir Thomas the Tall Ken. We got Sir Thomas the Tall Thomas Risling, who also contributes to the show Casterly Talk because he used to call in with these great show, uh, great segments on Daily Thrones, my old show, and now he's working on that one. But he is calling. Uh, uh, Emma's probably there too. You're calling from Vancouver, aren't you? We are. Yeah, we're both here. Yep. Oh, right. Um, yes. What do you got? I got to pick your brain here. This, this, this idea came to me this morning, a little, little game of Thrones shift. If we can for just a half a second, let's dip into some game of Thrones so we can promote our show. Casterly talk (laughs) that momentary shot 
of Tormund Barrick and Ed Underground. Yeah. Any chance you think they found their way into some sort of tunnel that leads out of Molestown? Maybe they went back to Castle Black and got down through Molestown. Ooh, I love. Uh, I can't figure out where else they could be there. Uh, I love that. I love that. Uh, for those who are really into Game of Thrones in season eight, we got this great shot of Tormund's Giant's Bane, Sir Beric Dondarrion, and then uh, Dolores Ed, the current Lord's Commander of the Night's Watch. And yeah, um, I think, I, here's what I think. I think they're going to run into a buzzsaw. I think those three guys yeah. are going to die, and that's the next shot we don't see in the trailer. <laughs> that's my thought. They walk down the stairs to their death. That's what I thought. What, what do you, what do you, I love this idea that they got a tunnel. They're getting out of there in Molestown. I like that idea because, Thomas, that means you and Emma and everyone up there in Vancouver are hopeful that we'll have some people survive this show. I'm, I'm hoping maybe people escape by fleeing north. You know, maybe, maybe that tunnel from Molestown gets down towards the crypts in Winterfell. Oh, I like that idea. Maybe it connects. Maybe that's why the, 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 the Crypts of Winterfell are important, which I'm thinking more and more, the Crypts of Winterfell, the Stark uh, burial ground, so to speak. Are, I think there's some stuff in there that we don't know, good or bad. We'll figure that out. Um, I agree. Great, Thomas. Any other final thoughts here? Uh, that's that's kind of it. That's, that's one of your opinion on that. I'm very happy to have uh, jumped in on the first live session here. This is great. I love it. I love it. All right, Thomas, we're going to hang up on Thomas up there in Vancouver. Uh, hang in there. Uh, you, you can listen to him on Casterly Talk, uh, which is uh, he, he put some pre-recorded segments in. We get them from time to time on uh, the episodes there. So uh, this has been so much fun. The, the episode is going at least 20 minutes longer than I thought. But we're going to do this again. Uh, oh, and Chad updates us. He says, no, no static. Felt like that would have been a good excuse for ending the call without uh, with snacks without having to commit. Chad, that's devious, and I love it. But no, we're committing to DJ Snacks. He's a, a great fan and supporter, um, and we had a great time with him out in Arizona. And I want to do a music show, and we're going to do it on Temporal Radio. I'm committing to that one, and then we'll see a schedule allows. So it's as good as law. All right. I think we can do it. If anyone wants to try again, I think I'll t- this has been so much fun. We're going to do it again. 747-236-1485. Uh, that is the uh, the live number here. And, uh, you know, it, this is so good. This might change the TNF hotline show. We might have to do something different with that. We're going to figure that all out later, but I'm a lot of fun. So if anyone wants to try to get in one more time, this last call, you got to press all those buttons. You got you to get on through. Local charges do apply or all those other legal things. I don't know. Uh, don't sue me later on if uh, Google Voice charges you a buck to call me. Um, uh, and if you don't get through, you can always leave a voice message. But uh, um, let us uh, let us do it now. If anyone is here, 747-236-1485. I really do. I'm starting to feel like my old radio days. Uh, first caller gets tickets to Hootie the Blowfish. While we're waiting, Lauren has a question. Uh, where am I going to be watching the GOT premiere? In my hotel room alone. The way I like watching Game of Thrones. Not necessarily alone in my hotel room, but uh, I like watching alone. Next call coming in. We got that sweet sound of the phone. And we are got our uh, third and final caller today. Who do we have calling in live to TNF in session? You have Mr. Zach Anderson. Zach Anderson is calling through. He, he got in. I think the chat room's going to... What I love about this is every anytime someone gets through... The chat room is all excited for this is truly a, a family event here. Zach Collin from Wisconsin. Go Brewers. Go Packers. Uh, what's your question today, Zach? Well, first off, I got to make a comment. Otherwise, DJ Snacks will kill me. Uh, he's, you need to take him over to Sour Ranch to get him on the bull. 
Oh, so I know that broke up a little bit here. There must be some strong, strong winds in Wisconsin, but I heard what Zach says. We're going to remix it here. So Zach, Zach came out for the uh, Movie Trivia Schmodown Awards, which was held live at the Comedy Store on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, West Hollywood, technically. And Zach came out. And then afterward, Zach, I'll give him credit. Zach never asked. He never begged. He just never left. And he followed us around. And I said, at one point I turned to him. I said, Zach, come with us. Um, and he got to join a lot of the movie trivia schmodown personalities on a drinking tour around Sunset Boulevard after the award show. And we ended up at Saddle Ranch, which is kind of a chain restaurant bar thing, uh, fake wannabe cowboy hipster thing. It's not very popular to locals, but it's a good place to just go and have fun. And a lot of people were there. And at one point, yeah, at one point, Zach said there's a big bull and it's known for a bull, a mechanical bull in the center of the restaurant. And they allow people to ride it. Well, Grace and I, we we guilt tripped him. We tricked Zach or we forced him, whatever you want to say, into getting up on that bull. And we took some video and I released that to my Patreon supporters on an unlisted link. Um, And Zach, how do you feel, number one, about riding that bull? Did we did we trick you into it? Well, to, I wouldn't say you tricked me into it. I, I'm, I'm, it didn't exactly take too much convincing from me. Okay. You wanted to do this. Okay. It was a good time. You know, we got... Oh, Zach, Zach's breaking up. Zach's breaking up. But all right, but I hear that. So now the second part of Zach's call is DJ Snacks wants to ride the bull when he comes out for the free-for-all. Is that what I'm hearing, Zach? Something next. It's breaking up. It's breaking up. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Zach, we're letting you go. Because one thing I've learned in radio, if you get a bad call, if it gets a connection, you got to cut it. Otherwise, everyone else gets a pep. So, all right, but Zach got through. Zach's calling from a cave in Wisconsin. Um, So so DJ Snacks wants to ride the bull. I I won't be at Saddle Ranch. So uh, Snacks is going to have to ride the bull himself and get someone to videotape it maybe with a bartender or a friend there or a lot of schmodown fans you could organized um you can organize a schmodown fan crawl and y'all can end up at saddle ranch and then snacks i think i think uh we'll do this i'll make this even more uh enticing dj snacks in the chat room i'm looking here at camera and if you're listening later on in the audio version just go with me here dj snacks i won't be there I can't be there. I got a lot going on that weekend. I'm not even going to be at the free-for-all. But if you ride the bull and you get someone to videotape you at the Saddle Ranch Bull, I will commit publicly to two shows on Temporal Radio. A Kenzok, a Kazok, I should say, radio broadcast. You get that. You get that. You post it in the Discord. I'll commit to that. All right? Have fun doing that. Don't hurt yourself, Snacks. You're a mature gentleman now like me. Don't hurt yourself. All right. That is, that is the end of the show. Zach's apologizing in the chat room for the bad signal. Don't worry about that. No apologies. You got through. Just too much snow in Wisconsin, like you said, uh, uh, backing up. So I meant to take one. We took three, but I've been here for longer than I even planned. But this was a blast, and I hope this works. I hope this translates later on. We won't know. The audio version, the video version released later on my YouTube channel. It's uh, it's going to be interesting, but I had a lot of fun doing this. I want to thank everyone in the chat room. 
who is a, a Patreon supporter on patreon.com slash Ken And for the calls and all the fun things that we got to do today, I absolutely loved it. Uh, the calls are a game changer, but I think we're still going to do the TNF Hotline show as a as a monthly kind of uh, supplemental show. I love doing it. I love getting the pre-recorded calls and answering your questions, but I love interacting with you all there. So that is that. A lot of fun. I want to thank everyone in the chat room, all the names, the ones I have here, like Old Handsaw, The Hump, Chad, Zach, DJ Snacks, Abdul and Tamor, Lauren, Tim, Alice, Will, uh, uh, any other names I'm going to scroll through. I don't want to miss anyone, but at the same time, uh, you know, there's a lot of names. Oh, Thomas and Emma listening up in Vancouver. Uh, Kyle, oh, I can't forget Kyle, who's designed some great shirts uh, on uh, the Knapsack Files, uh, excuse me, Ken Knapsack, T Public page. Don't forget to pre-order my book, Why We Love Star Wars, available now for pre-order on Amazon and other fine places. Information on live events, book signings, all that kind of stuff will be coming later on. Um, I also want to thank uh, my executive producer, Patreon tier supporters. Uh, Those are the people that support at the highest tier and make a lot of things possible. And that includes people like... Thomas Risling and DJ Snacks, Lethal Logan X, Matthew Simon, Bador, Matt Maroney, Matt Thompson, Tamor and Abdul, the bu- Brothers Butter, Nikki Baldwin, Donna Long, and Nathan Ovendale. First rate, Nate. Thank you all for what you do to make this possible and all my supporters. But what's the best way to support? Spread the word. Tell everyone that you have a lot of fun here on the Knapsack Files. <laughs>